You're listening to the Q's Podcast, episode number three. Hello, thanks for joining us. You're choosing the Q's Podcast, where we'll talk to industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. In this podcast, we'll explore a hero-friendly culture with Jim Bearden. Jim Bearden is a decorated Vietnam veteran, a former corporate executive, and now serves others as a leadership and accountability speaker. Jim Bearden has learned why some people step up and others don't. He's an advocate of the heroic effort. He helps leaders close the gap between what sounds good and what gets done. He works with companies to unleash the heroes in your myth. Some of Jim Bearden's other very noteworthy accomplishments include earning the Bronze Star Medal as a Marine Rifle Company Commander. He was a top sales producer and sales manager of the radio group. He also served as a VP of Strategic Development of an Internal Tax Consulting Corporation and is the author of two books, including The Relentless Search for Better Ways, a book about leadership and winning. Some key takeaways from my interview with Jim Bearden include identifying the core pieces for leaders to close the gap between what sounds good and what gets done, an outline of the key distinctions between a victim perspective and a hero perspective and how that distinction can shape you as a leader. And finally, one simple step you can take towards consciously creating cultures that support behavior essential for achieving credit union success. Now that our guest has been introduced, let's go straight to my interview with Jim Bearden. Jim, in your morning session, you described the importance of closing the gaps between what sounds good and what gets done. Can you expand upon that and uh, how can we apply that? The topic uh, of our session this morning uh, is leadership. Actually, it's uh, leadership and culture. The title we've used is Closing the Gaps Between What Sounds Good and What Gets Done. The implication here is there are gaps, and the gaps occur between two phenomena. One of those is what I refer to as the professed culture, the culture an organization would like to have, and the other is the actual culture, the culture they have. And as I see it, the requirement for closing these gaps is effective leadership. And so our focus in a later session today is going to be on the six-step process I've created for consciously creating a culture that supports behavior essential to credit union success. This morning, we talked about another requirement for achieving and sustaining success, regardless of the hands you're dealt, and that requirement is more heroes and fewer victims. And, and actually, what we focused on this morning was, was a distinction between what I refer to as emotional victimhood and emotional accountability. Now, when I asked the audience this morning of these two perspectives, uh, victimhood or accountability, which do you think is more prevalent in our culture today? And the answer was a resounding the victim culture or the victim perspective. And, our understanding of that is because it's easier to be a victim. If you're a victim, nobody can really expect you to do anything to recover from or address uh, the bad hands you're dealt or the setbacks that you've encountered. So in our next portion here, I'm going to talk a little bit about these two perspectives, their underlying beliefs, some of the things we do with those beliefs, and then ultimately, what are some of the choices we make depending on the perspective we use? 
Jim, can you share with our listeners how your experience in the military has shaped you as a leader? Absolutely. Uh, I've had two roles in my life that I feel like have provided me with great uh, learning opportunities, particularly learning about leadership. One of those roles, uh, as you mentioned, James, is, uh, is was my time as a Marine infantry officer. I served in Vietnam in 1968 and 69. I commanded uh, rifle platoons and then a, a rifle company. And Many of the experiences I had, as you would expect, were somewhat uh, traumatic, uh, sudden change, uh, uh, grave risk. Uh, but in every one of these, I had the opportunity to extract lessons that I am sure apply to every leadership challenge and every leadership opportunity that you have in your credit unions. The the lessons were great. The people and the situations and the circumstances that impact your credit union success change. And oftentimes they change unexpectedly and with negative or potentially negative consequences. The response of your credit union to bad hands, setbacks, is going to differ from the set, uh, the response of any other credit unions. Not all credit unions respond the same way. Some do what I call hunker and hope, <laughs> hope that things get better, and others look for ways to win regardless of the hands they're dealt. And here's the key. Credit union responses to bad hands, to setbacks, are driven by the culture, and the culture is driven by the behavior of people in leadership position. And therein lies the basis for this whole notion of closing the gaps between what sounds good and what gets done. You described upgrading rules that we establish as leaders to preferences, upgrading rules to preferences. Could you please describe that a bit more? Absolutely. There are two perspectives that we use when processing setbacks, uh, bad hands, behavior, circumstances, situations that seem to limit our success. One of the perspectives is what I refer to as a victim perspective, and the other is the accountable perspective. Now, part of the victim perspective is a, is a mistaken belief, a belief that says, my feelings are the emotional consequences of the hands I'm dealt, that what happens out there determines how I feel. Now, never mind the fact that that's an invalid belief. It's one that's widely held and armed with that belief very early in life. Most of us establish what I refer to as unenforceable rules, the things that must or must not happen out there in order for us to be happy, uh, the behaviors that people must or must not engage in. Now, the interesting phenomenon here is most of these rules apply to situations over which we have absolutely no control. And so as leaders, if we're operating from a whole lot of these rules that are inevitably going to be violated, setbacks are inevitable, then what we're going to find is as leaders, our demeanor and our behavior is going to be on a roller coaster. We're not going to be very effective. My suggestion is to set about upgrading rules to preferences. And all that means is while I still care about what happens out there. I'm not going to attach my emotional okayness to things over which I have absolutely no control. Let me give you three questions, if I could, that I pose when I'm working with member service people in credit unions that I think illustrate this point. Question number one, is it possible that in the next week you'll encounter a member 
whose behavior is troubling to you. Now, I know that's a joke. Of course you will. Second question, can you be helpful, professional, and courteous anyway? And of course, the answer to that is yes. And the third question tells the story, and that question is, will you? It's not a question of can you. It's a question of will you. Will you upgrade your rules to preferences? Now, Jim, you described a six-step process involved in creating cultures. Let's just focus on the first one. Can you describe the first of the six steps in the process for consciously creating cultures that support behaviors that are essential for achieving credit union success? Refer to as my six-step process for consciously creating cultures that support behavior essential to not just achieving but sustaining credit union success. Now, these are specific leadership behaviors, and they, again, are associated with the title we've used. They are behaviors for closing the gaps between what sounds good, the professed culture, what we'd like to think the culture is, and what people do. And that first of the six steps is huge. Um, it, it's, it's huge because the other five steps are, are tied to it. And it's huge because while simple, it's extremely difficult. Here's step number one. Ensure that others understand what you expect from them. Now, I know what you're thinking. Of course, they understand what we expect. But do they? Let me just give you a couple of examples. Most credit union boards and, and, and CEOs would agree that teamwork is a very important characteristic of behavior they would like to see more of, right? So if we took the word teamwork and we put it on the top of a piece of paper and we put it in front of 10 of your employees and we said, please write out for us the exact behavior we expect from you as an example of teamwork, how many would we get? And if she said 10, you're absolutely right. Here's my point. There are three reasons why people don't meet our expectations. One, they know what we expect and they're unable. Two, they know what we expect and they're unwilling. And three, they don't understand what we expect. Leaders close the gaps between what sounds good and what gets done, starting by defining the specific behavior they expect in specific situations. Jim, I just have one final question, and it's something that you referenced uh, on site here, and it's a hero-friendly culture. You suggested leadership culture to be framed as a hero-friendly culture. What do you mean by that? In our discussions today around leadership and culture, we're going to frame that with uh, a type of culture that I have found most clients really want. And it's what I refer to as a hero-friendly culture, a culture that supports heroic behavior. Now, I know we think of heroic behavior, we oftentimes think of of life-threatening sort of situations or combat, and certainly that would qualify. But what I'm talking about is employee engagement. Employees who become more engaged are engaging in what I call heroic behavior. Here's a, a couple of beliefs that I have. One, I believe that most employees want to believe what they do makes a difference, don't you? I believe they want to be contributing members of successful credit unions. I believe they want to make heroic choices. Unfortunately, most of them don't. And, and one of the reasons why we have this reticence on the part of employees to engage in heroic behaviors is because one, 
They don't know what heroic behaviors are. No one's explained to them what they're expected to do. And two, they're not sure whether it's safe. Let me give you some examples of heroic behavior. I expect employees to step up. Now, one of the situations in which I would like to see them step up would be, let's say, forums to improve internal processes. If they're invited to participate, I expect them to accept. When they have ideas about how they could improve a process, I expect them to bring their ideas to the attention of somebody who can do something about it, whether they're invited to do so or not. I expect them to step up, and then I expect them to speak up. I expect employees to tell me what they think, not what they think I want to hear. I I expect them to respectfully challenge the status quo. And, And when they bring suggestions to the table, I expect them to include the what, the change they would make, the why, the value they associate with making the change, how they believe the credit union would benefit, and the how, steps they believe would be necessary to affect that change. Heroic behavior. We need to define it, and then we need to create a culture that supports it. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Q's. Subscribe to this podcast and Apple iTunes to receive the newest episodes as soon as they are available. For more talent development content from Q's, visit cues.org now. If you are a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit cues.org slash membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.